Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. Today, we got a great story of giving a boss exactly what they asked for. But first, the story from Thalid1878. Dr. Johnson got a new computer. I've been working in IT for 15 years now, and I have yet to find anything that tops this. I work for a small shop, three employees, but we service multiple companies in the area. A number of those companies being doctor's offices. At one of the doctor's offices we serviced, they had a policy when changing machines out for upgrades that only relevant information was transferred to new systems, and to remove anything you didn't want IT to go through on the machine before it was replaced. Confidential patient data was secured on the servers and not on the local machines, so this was a way of purging unneeded old Word documents and cat memes that had been saved. It was also policy to ensure that there was nothing on these machines that should not be there, like, say, using your work equipment for adult entertainment. It was Dr. Johnson's turn to have his machine upgraded to a brand new one after his old machine had been in service for about three years. We informed him a week prior that we'd be changing his machine in a week and scheduled to do so on a day when he was not in the office, and sent him a copy of the practice's policy for equipment changes. In most cases, there's nothing remotely interesting or strange about doing these transfers. The most we noticed over the years was that people seem to collect a whole lot of garbage downloads from the internet that aren't needed anymore, and some Word and Excel documents that were archived off the cold storage and not moved to the new machines unless they'd been accessed in the last six months unless requested otherwise. The day came for the transfer. I showed up at the office, started to get an idea of how much data we needed to move. As usual for most people in this office, Dr. Johnson left a post-it note on his keyboard saying he never had time to go through anything and for us to handle it. I opened File Explorer, browsed to his profile path, right-click it to find the folder size, 347 gigabytes of data, which seemed extreme. I started going, checking the folders in the profile, and 297 gigabyte of this data was on the desktop. I drilled down further until I find the culprit, a folder on the desktop named fun stuff. Thinking it was the install for some game or another, I opened the folder. To this day, I wish I hadn't. I was greeted by several thousand high-resolution images of Dr. Johnson in his office yanking Dr. Johnson. Oddly, a number of these were also animated and there were video files. I did not dare look at these. And even some bizarre shots from under his desk no pants and from the mirror behind him, a possible patient in the room. I locked the screen and went to the head of the practice to discuss what I'd just found, who could not believe someone who was in the process of becoming a partner in the practice would be doing this with company equipment. I showed him the images, to which he took out his phone and called the other two partners in the office to come over. They thanked me, asked me to pull the machine and not transfer anything, and to put the old computer in one of their offices. I installed the new machine, I got some medical gloves before touching anything, set up all the applications and left the office for them to handle it internally. The next day, after Dr. Johnson had come back to work, I guess things didn't go over well with the others at the practice. He called our office, demanded he talk to me and started to yell at me over the phone about what an invasion of his privacy I had committed, that he planned to sue me personally over it 
that had cost him his chance of becoming a partner at the practice, his position at the practice, and apparently his wife because she was good friends with the wife of the head of the office and I guess gossip happened. When he was done yelling, I asked him calmly if he had anything else to say. I reminded him that our office records all calls in and out and then asked him three questions. Did he receive the email explaining the process of replacing his machine per his own company policy? That we would be sorting relevant and non-relevant data and anything he did not want us to see he would have to deal with on his own ahead of time? He had replied to this very email that he would try and go through stuff if he found time. Answer, yes. Did he remember leaving the note on his keyboard saying he didn't bother to do any cleanup and for us to do it? Answer, yes. Which did he think would go over better? Him shutting up, dealing with the problems he created himself by being a disturbing person to be a doctor, or trying to sue me personally for following his practice's policy and having all the details made public? After I asked this question, he hung up the phone. All the other doctors in the office started to refer to him as Dr. Spanky or Dr. Feelgood. Last I heard, they turned him into the state medical board and he lost his license to practice medicine, was divorced, and was under a criminal investigation within a few months of this happening. I lost all track of it when we distanced ourselves from that medical practice for several unrelated reasons. Mostly they love to order things and then try to take as long as possible to pay for them. I just can't fathom why somebody would go and do this first of all, but second of all be so clueless as to leave it on work equipment and not being able to put two and two together when somebody's going to be working with all of the data on those computers to think about and realize the amount, the sheer amount of stuff that they saved on that computer. It's for the best he got caught, obviously, but like, how do you go and record hundreds of gigabytes of data like that and then just kind of forget about it? Do you think the doctor deserves some serious jail time for this? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is from Rock and Roll and Blues and Jazz. Document hoarding bureaucrat gets exactly what they asked for. I know there's plenty of these kinds of stories here, but let me add my teaspoon to the conversational soup too. Not my story, but from a farm boss I used to work with. It's a long read because I didn't have enough time to make it shorter. Little House on the Prairie, EU A small farm in the European Union was applying for an EU agricultural subsidy for a storehouse. Big enough for storing a couple of farming vehicles and odd bits of this and that, otherwise lying around the farm like orphaned rounds of cheese. Nothing fancy. EU is notorious for the exhausting amount of paperwork needed for any kind of agricultural subsidy. The process is usually both long and tedious. Ask any farmer if you don't take my word. On top of that, you have the local government adding their mostly unnecessary and confusing bureaucratic sprinkles to the cake. Because who just doesn't love good old paperwork? Yay. Does it really exist? The building's already there and in use. Farm Boss has been engaged with the subsidy application process since the beginning of the project over two years. Literally hundreds of emails, calls, and letters have been exchanged between various instances. Application process is like this. Nothing abnormal about that. A bureaucrat had to be convinced that a building had been built and it's for the intended purpose. Note, a building permit, a proof of a bank loan, the building inspector's report, and photographs of the actual building were not enough evidence. Apparently a storehouse doesn't stand on its concrete foundation. Housing, farming equipment, and material before a bureaucrat acknowledges the matter. 
An existential crisis of architectural sorts, I suppose. Finally, after much struggle and convincing, a bureaucrat acknowledged officially that a storehouse has been built, and it's used for its intended purpose. We aforementioned part of the bureaucracy is not essentially part of the malicious compliance story itself, nor was it the only one, but before proceeding I wanted to give you, dear reader, a palpable example of a mucus oozing snail that is a bureaucrat. Was it really paid for? Now another bureaucrat wants to know all the costs claimed in the subsidy application have actually been paid. Makes sense, you don't want to assist scammers who forge fake invoices and payments. In this project there were some 150, give or take, financial transactions involved for material, labor, insurance, permits, etc. Want all the invoices? You got it. Want all the receipts? Okie dokie. Want the bookkeeping statements? If you say so. This last one has a special significance. Bookkeeping statements contain a legally binding track of every single invoice and payment. Bookkeepers swear on the blood of their firstborn baby it's correct. Even the tax office is happy with that. And they're not easy folks to please. But the local government sitting on top of the EU money, which isn't even their money? No, not enough for them. They want to be super duper extra hyper sure how every single last nut, bolt, and screw was paid for. Because maybe Farm Boss is just a scammer who likes to spend two years on paperwork. Regardless of the fact that the little storehouse stands proud and stout in a farm which has existed for decades in the exact same location. Enter Smog's lair. Like a dragon hoarding golden treasure to sleep upon, a bureaucrat hoards information and documents. Apparently to sleep upon too. Local government bureaucrat wants to be able to track every single financial transaction. Not by invoice number, not by invoice date, not by invoice sum. Not by combination of these. No, they want the project references. Not sure about the exact translation of this, combined with the actual payments. It's a 10-digit code attached to each part of the storehouse building project. For example, the roof has its own code, under which all parts, labor, etc. go. After some hassle with the accountant agency and the bank, such list was materialized. It took only two weeks, so it was a quickie compared to the whole process. It was an impressive 831 pages long PDF document. So big because dozens of payments, small and big, far and near, accumulated over the time span of two years. Every single financial transaction. The information needed for the subsidy application is spanned through the document. Maybe some 50-odd pages. Just deliver the 50-odd pages, easy peasy? Bureaucrat says no. Obviously, one can omit the unrelated pages because bureaucrat wants to observe the document both consistent and continuous. In other words, if the total page count is 831, that's how many pages there has to be. End of discussion. Happy bunny now? Okay, you'll get the whole document. Happy now, bureaucrat? No. All the information's there, how come? Nope, we bureaucrats want to find the information easily. But we've already provided the cross-reference list with all project references and invoice numbers. How's that? No can do, we bureaucrats want easy. How about pressing Control F? Search. That's easy as one, two, three. Nope, we bureaucrats want to have project references highlighted on paper because that's easy. But it would be a ton of paper. Wouldn't it surely be easier to use the electronic format? 
Sensible arguments overwhelmed by angry bureaucratic noises. No, 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 absolutely no. Highlighted on paper. Easy. Now you, dear reader, already know what time it is. It's malicious compliance o'clock. Farm boss goes through the PDF with control F and uses the marker tool to highlight the project references with pretty yellow. One day's work. Then sit back and print. Numerous coffees and one color cartridge later, there's a nice pile of A4 sheets, 9.3 pounds to be exact, neatly stacked and boxed, sent as a registrated letter, also a bureaucratic requirement, to the bureaucrat in need of a easy documentation. Have fun browsing through papers, searching for the project references one by one, all by hand. Aftermath, for farm boss, this was just another day in the never-ending bureaucratic jungle, exhausting and stressful. If you think being a farmer is easy, you apparently don't know any farmers. I take my hat off for them any day of the week. What comes of this particular bureaucrat in question? Well, they never asked for a single document more. Lord knows that when this bureaucrat got that paperwork, they went and turned around and scanned all of those pages or made their assistant do it, and then looked through it on the computer, right? Just because that makes more sense, that's the bureaucratic process. By the time any paperwork or any official process was done, those pages, which were originally just a PDF clear document, probably got scanned three times over and is that blurry, grainy, black and white nonsense. And our final story of the day is by Mr. Max Excalibur. I followed orders. My boss didn't like that. I was on the IT staff for a manufacturing company based in the area. They have five locations within driving distance of me. My job required supporting the five locations. My boss told me a few weeks into the job not to make any special trips to any of the other locations. I was based at the main plant. When we got new employees, one of the other IT guys in another state sets up the new machines and sends it to me to hand out to the new employee. One day I get some new laptops for employees in one of the remote locations I support. Following my supervisor's explicit instructions, I decide I'll make my normal trip to the remote site the next day. My supervisor comes in and asks why I didn't take the new laptops to the remote office. I told her I was following her instructions and was planning to take the machines to the next day. She gets upset with me and tells me that I should have known that this was the exception. I offered to make a special trip up to deliver the laptops, but she told me she would have the new full-time IT guy take them up. They still didn't get delivered until the next day, as the new guy didn't make the trip until then. Guess it wasn't that important that the new employee get their laptops the same day. Suffice it to say, my contract job ended the next Friday. Don't you just hate the hypocrisy here? They literally go directly to you and say, do not make any special trips to any of the other locations. And then an event pops up where you need to make a special trip to the other location. You don't do it because you were told explicitly not to, and they go, well, you should have known that this was a special, special exception. It's like, come on, you already said no special trips. How exceptionally special does something have to be to somehow cross that imaginary threshold of clearly should be an exception? Lord knows if OP went and made that trip anyways and got back, they probably would have gotten yelled at for not getting clearance to do so. Or some other dumb, you should have known you weren't supposed to go. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to see another compliance story that was even more insane than the ones in this video, click on the left video. Or if you missed my latest video, click on the right. But with that said, I'll see you all next time for some more stories. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.